All right, welcome to another episode of Gin and Truth. I'm the captain of this ship, Robert motherfucking Reed. I got a tumble full of Hendrix. I got a mind full of thoughts. Let's go. Let's go. All right, gang, let's jump into this shit. Uh, first and foremost, Uncle Bobby just finished watching his alma mater give it up. It was fucking terrible. We were ahead. We were totally in control. Then out of nowhere, we just decided, you know what? This is a great afternoon to lose a fucking football game. So I'm going to be a little bit salty. And sitting next to me, I've got an Oklahoma fan, which is all kinds of fucked up. If she was here last week, this would not be a happy meeting at all. So I think there's a perverted side of her that's kind of happy that I lost this fucking game. But for the first time ever, gang, we're going to have just a straight-up conversation on gin and truth. So I'm going to pass the mic and let y'all hear from the person I'm going to talk to. Go ahead, person I'm going to talk to. Who are you? Hello, my name is Margaret Lindsay. I am an Ohioan out here in Texas visiting my mom. Why do I like the Sooners is because it, my family is from Oklahoma, and it's not because they're much better than Texas. All right, so none of that makes it right. None of that makes it right. Uh, Oklahoma's bad. Uh, they're terrible people. Horrible. And so she, what she doesn't know is, but four, four games played in, five games total, I was part of that last generation where Oklahoma and Texas was in the tunnel at the exact same time. That's all kinds of stupid. That's like having a Hatfield and a McCoy sitting in the exact same phone booth and telling them not to get into a fucking fight. So we got into a fight. And after that, they were the ones who said, you know what? Home team first. You go out. Visiting team second. But gang, this one's going to be a little bit unique because this one is a mother herself, and this is, is this your first time in Texas? Yes. This is your first time in Texas. And so if you follow me on Twitter, and if you don't, you should, at RCRead40, y'all know Uncle Bobby's all kinds of pissed off about how, how fucked up Texas is on how it is we treat women. We, we have taken feminine autonomy back to about 1700s. Uh, we, we've taken... LGBTQ2 plus rights back to the stone ages. It's it's disgusting. Now I've got a relatively young mom because I'm almost 20 years older than she is, but she has a view on the world that I just don't. So you are a mother of two little girls. Yes. Let's say you fuck around and you move to Texas. What do you even begin to tell your daughters about what we have done to them? Well, it's, it's, I feel like women don't have, I mean, what are we here? It just feels like incubators. Uh, and I hate to use the, the coin phrase now that it's like the handmaid's tale, because honestly, I feel like the handmaid's tale is more about white femininity instead of um, femi feminism in a global view. In a, I guess you want to call it a minority view, but in a black and brown, a BIPOC view, um, we have even less rights. Um, you know, wealthy white women will always have access to abortions. Um, us women of color will not. So that's a big thing moving to Texas is that 
access to healthcare, abortions, that's a no-go if that's needed. And abortions will always be needed. Um, number two, um, in the healthcare field, um, women of color are already at, at a high risk. Um, the black maternal uh, death rate is so high and the black fetal death rate is so high in this country. And with us being indigenous, it makes me even more scared. All right. So again, I, I'm learning stuff here, gang. I'm, I'm almost 50. This one's younger than I am. So I'm learning some stuff. Why is it that the, the, the I'm not even drunk yet. <laughs> the fetal mortality rate is higher in women of color than it is their white counterparts. Well, because the healthcare system, when they're being taught with the nurses and doctors, they still teach that black people have thicker skin. God, they still teach this. They still teach that they may be drug seeking. So if they come in for something like a heart attack, something that they're in pain, they're taught that they may be drug seeking. Yeah. So send them off. Um, the, a lot of the time, um, black women or women of color will have doulas or something of the sort. That's a that's an equivalent of their in their culture because when they try to speak up for themselves um, during birth or or anything going on, the doctors and nurses don't listen to them. Um, babies will come out uh, wounded, you know, more wounded. Yeah. They, um, the the mothers will hemorrhage and and the doctors are not doing things to help them in Columbus Ohio the the fetal death rate for African American babies is the highest amongst any group wow. of babies um, I remember when I had my first daughter which will be four um, in a couple of weeks um, they called me because obviously I'm a woman of color and they called me and they were checking on us regularly because black babies in Columbus Ohio die a lot like we have billboards throughout the city yes. We have initiatives called um, Celebrate One, trying to get babies to their first birthday because so many babies of color die in Columbus, Ohio, where I live. Okay. So just so you know, gang, this is a new physical setup. So I'm sitting here old school, just passing a mic back and forth. So I've told you all in other episodes about my own past, about, again, I, I made All-American at a school that literally told my father, no niggers allowed. Now, here's someone almost 20 years my junior. And again, this is stuff that I've read. But again, I, I'm not a dad, obviously not a woman. This is stuff that I've only read about. And now I'm hearing it from someone almost 20 years my junior. And again, this is, just so you guys know, I'm recording this in the year 2021. And I hope you guys heard what she just said. <laughs> that, that there is an enormous difference on how the medical system treats pregnant women of color and their white counterparts. I mean, is it phrenology where it's like the 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 thickness of the skull and all? It, that's an archaic study, gang. That's somewhere along the lines of uh, what was it? Eugenics. Yeah, and, and it's like that dude who um. The reason why we have that vaccine, polio, and all that, the the, the dude who started that st story, that it, it starts. Uh, what is it? Uh, autism. That was a study done on eleven. People, not 11,000, not 11 million, not 11 billion, 11 people. That dude was defrocked of his medical license. He's a disgrace. But here we are in 2021, and you just heard someone almost 20 years my junior telling you guys real time stories from her life 
on how she was treated when you said Ohio, yeah. the, the fetal mortality rate for women of color is astronomical. So how did you combat that? How did you have your own voice when it came time to have your kids? So I've always been an advocate for my own health because um, just of health issues in general. And I just hate, um, I've had several doctors, men, women of different backgrounds where I tell them what's going on with my body. This is my body. And though I may not know medical terms of exact stuff, I know something's not right at a time. I know something's not right, and I will try to speak up for myself, and especially male doctors who try to mansplain things and tell me that, oh, that's a normal thing. No, it's not normal, not a normal thing. So I would go and I would tell them anytime they would deny me a medication that I, that I would do research. I'm a researcher. I would research what I need. If I needed a medication or I needed lab testing and they deemed it as unnecessary or unneeded, I would ask them to document that in my chart that they denied me this care and why they denied it. Every time that that happened, I would get what I wanted. Holy yeah. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> that, that's actually kind of sharp, gang. So I, I'm, I'm the exact same way. I can honestly tell you guys, I would not be here if I did not speak up for myself. Now, again, I, I'm one of those guys. I, I trust people who are smarter than me. If you have a white lab coat, I'm just going to assume you have a valid medical license. So more times than not, yes, I'm going to trust what you say. But there's a difference between that and being your own advocate. Now, I had severe, I live in chronic pain. My, the right side of my back has been surgically repaired five times. The left side once ruptured Achilles on my left heel and I need a left hip replacement. So pain is my friend. I, I don't know what it's like not to live a second without some sort of discomfort. I started getting pain that was something more than what I'm used to. And that's saying a lot. It started to hit me bad on a family trip to Chicago. It got worse. Long story short, I was going to brush it off. The person I was living with at the time was like, okay, you got to go back to the hospital. Something's wrong. Long story short, gang, every time I went to the doctor, I, it was dismissed. This is just your pain flaring up. Uh, you've got kidney stones. Gang, if I hadn't advocated for my health, I would not be here because the literally the last doctor I went to go see told me, Okay, the first five doctors, they're fucking idiots. Because if it's kidney stones, you can't sit down. It's kidney failure, so you can't move. Gang, if I moved my pinky, my body would spasm so bad. It felt like someone was ripping my muscles off of my bones. Right? So, again, if you don't speak up, again, there's an enormous difference between trumping the doctors and being your own advocate. But here you go. Here, here's someone 20 years my junior who is our own advocate. I mean, who the hell would have thought? I wouldn't have. Are you fucking kidding me? So she spoke up for herself and she would get what she wanted. And it sounded like it worked out for you, right? Yes, yes. Um, a perfect, uh, I guess, a story to tell you. I was seeing, uh, I have Graves' disease. It's a thyroid disease. Um, and I was at the time had no idea that I had this. This was back in 2015. I was seeing a female doctor. Um, she was a, like a reproductive doctor. 
at the time I wanted to have a child. I was told at that time I would never be able to have children on my own without medical inter- intervention. Right. Um, I have two, obviously. Right. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, and I told her over and over again that I wanted for her to try to put me, to see if I could ovulate, try to put me on ovulation medicine. Um, she put me on progesterone one time to make, cause I wasn't even having a cycle at the time. Um, come to find out it was actually the cigarettes that I was smoking. That makes yeah. my thyroidism flare up, but, okay. um, she would not do any more tests after the progesterone. She wouldn't test to see, um, where my hormone levels off, which I could have, she could have t- done a panel at that time for me to find out that my thyroid, let my TSH levels were through the roof. Like uh-huh. they were ridiculous. So no, no testing was done. I remember I come back to her three times. Right. Can I say the doctor's name? You may absolutely yeah. say it. Her name is Dr. Roll at OSU and I refused to see her, but, um, I told her, I said, Hey, my significant other, which is the father of my, right. both my children. He had, he, at that time he had had two, he has two older girls. Right. Um, and I was like, he has these two kids, you know? She was really hell-bent on testing his sperm for some reason, although he was not her patient. I was right. like, you should be focusing on me. Do a panel. Is there anything else wrong? <clears throat> she goes, no, we don't need to do a panel, but we need to test his sperm. I was like, no, no, you don't. Like, he's not even your patient. And I said, like, hey, he's got two kids. Clearly, his sperm is working just fine. She goes, well. Sperms are good to go. Right. He was there with me. And um, she said in front of him and in front of me, she was like, well, I don't even know if those are his kids. So... <laughs> I'm going to need it. Yes. Test his friend. Yes. So I got angry to the point that I was starting to see oh, red. Okay. How did you not slap the taste out of her mouth right there on the fucking spot? You ever get so angry that you start welling up with tears because you're like, oh, yeah. I could hurt you Absolutely. and I want to. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. what was happening. I yeah. told her, I said, I don't want to be your patient any longer. I would like to see another doctor. She then tells me that, well, we don't switch patients around here, so you're going to have to stay with me. I said, I don't want to see you anymore at all. I won't go to this office anymore. And I didn't. I didn't anymore. Anymore. After that point, Jesus. I... Yes. Oh, God. I Oh, God. She was such a bitch. Like, she you're was... too nice. <laughs> I, like, I'm telling you, at that point, I started taking my own health into my hands. And I had cut down on smoking my cigarettes. I ended up quitting smoking my cigarettes, stopped drinking at the time and everything. Um, I didn't know at the time what I was allergic to, which was the tobacco and nicotine. But um, yeah, I, I had to speak up and tell her, I don't even want to be your patient anymore because she, she literally was not even concerned about me, was more concerned about testing my partner's sperm and then insulted us by saying that his children may not even be his. So she needs to find out, does his sperm actually work? And there's some doctors with, if they don't have anything besides that medical license, they have the fucking audacity to speak to you. (laughs) I got to grab the mic for this one. Okay, just so you guys know, again, I haven't mastered the whole YouTube thing at all. But if you guys could see me, my jaw is seriously on the fucking ground. Because I had that experience once myself. And, And he said, so... Gang, first and foremost, you are never too old to learn something. I don't give two shits who's talking to you. So, again, when you said what you said about how doctors tend to treat people of color, I had that. My kidneys fell a second time. Now, the, the good news is because the medication I was on, it wasn't that far, far of a drop. I was able to recognize. So I didn't wait the two, three weeks like I did the first time. It's like, all right, time to carry my ass to the doctor. When you are complaining of 
back pain. And again, I learned this from the first failure. You immediately go to the front of the line. And I'm sitting here watching people with their legs split in half. This person has a bone coming out of their skin and their arm. That's not life-threatening. Back pain is a sign of something severe. So you immediately go to the front of the line. I went straight up there. And I'll never forget. It was a white dude who was checking people in. And I was telling him my symptoms like I've had kidney failure before. I have chronic kidney disease. Mm-hmm. I, I say to my facts, I swear to you, he never once looked up from his fucking piece of paper. And as he's writing, he said this exact word for motherfucking word. And he said, do you even know where your kidneys are now? <laughs> I'm going to do it to you, but I'm going to do it gently. So, gang, I reached across that damn glass. This was long before COVID. So there was no separators. I reached and I flicked him under his chin so it'd get his eyes up. And I told him, I'd rather fucking die in the streets than have someone treat me the way that you just did. And I carried my ass to another fucking hospital. So again, here I am almost 50, right? Right at 30? Yeah. Yeah. And so here we are with two similar fucking stories, gang. Again, there is a difference on how they treat people of color in the medicine world, first there's our white counterparts. There's two decades separating me and this child here. I just called her a fucking child because she's trying to be my child. So for anyone who wants to stay there and get their ass cheeks clenched up, go fuck yourself. I'm old and I'm from the South. It's a sign of love and respect. So you got two decades separating almost similar fucking stories. And again, I'm on my jaws on the ground that you made a simple request. And I'll be good goddamned. They treated you like shit. You wanted X. And they didn't even want Y. And then when you told them, this isn't about my partner. He has kids uh, of his own. So clearly his swimmers are good to go. Mm-hmm. And the response wasn't even medical. It was stereotypical. It was, how do we know those are her, his kids? Oh, yeah. I would have slapped the shit out of somebody. I'm not even going to lie. I, I can't <laughs> live with that. <laughs> yeah, and, and it de- it was even more, to me, disrespectful because uh, my partner is an African-American male. And it was like, how, how do you, I mean, would you say this to a white man that was in your office? Would you say, oh, I don't know if those kids are yours. Would you say, yeah. Would you say that to like? <laughs> it was uh hold on i'm grabbing the mic gang again this is a ghetto ass setup but uncle bobby only does first takes so i know how he gets down and i remember it was uh wanda sykes and i can't remember if she got pregnant or her partner got pregnant but it was her partner and so emotional say hello emotional support system all right so it was her partner who got pregnant and apparently it was a traumatic birth and afterwards they were asking for can we just bump this shit up to like Oxycontin level 99? And they basically gave her over-the-counter Advil. And, and, and straight up, it was like, well, you're black, right? He's like, well, you don't feel the same pain as, you know, Rebecca over there. And it's like, this kid came out of my partner's vagina on a jackhammer holding on to two hand grenades doing fucking jumping jacks. She's in pain. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, Again, I'm going to keep saying this, gang. There's two decades separating me and the person I'm talking about, talking to right here. And and there's similar fucking stories. I mean, isn't that the shit from, I mean, fuck, when they were experimenting on us in the 40s and shit like that. 
And again, here we are. She's got two babies, right? I'm knocking on fucking 50's door. And apparently we haven't evolved enough to where at least, and fuck it, I'm a, the entire medical community should be on the same page. Because oh, yeah. we're constantly being told to get over this race shit, that we're all the same shit, but we are still being treated differently in every possible metric. It was less than 10 years ago, there was a UT professor that got his ass put in a sling because it was this bullshit art. So in, Papa just moved. So it was my dad's age of football. So if you guys aren't aware on why it is, the black quarterback is still somewhat of an anomaly and something to talk about because it was my dad's generation and I was still a part of it where black men, this was a quote unquote scientific fact that black people were not smart enough to play the position of quarterback. We did not have the mental capacity. So you ever want to know why there's more wide receivers and running backs and defensive backs? It's because we weren't smart enough, so we were moved to other positions. This is old school shit, gang, but it's really not that long ago. And again, the whole, our th- our skulls were thicker, so we have to be less intelligent. And black people can endure more pain. So you can, that's why we're experimenting on. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to a 30-year-old, and I'm going to keep saying her name, her, her, her age, so you guys understand that this was not all that. As a matter of fact, gang, this is my first interview on gin and motherfucking truth. She's drinking gin as well. So pick up that goddamn cup. Hold on. You know what time it is. Gin and truth. Let's go. All right. So we got that portion down pat and it's on. It's a supremely fucked up portion. I am not a fan of this goddamn conversation, but it's one that needs to be had. Now, gang, I told y'all, my, my personal life sucks ass right now. That's the horrible part. The good part is I'm learning stuff about myself. All this time, I just thought I was just a generic ass Negro. <laughs> uh, apparently, wrong, mister. I'm not. I had no idea. I had no idea. And I remember when I was a kid, there's a a picture of a great aunt and gang. She is as white as the piece of paper I'm looking at. And then there was a picture of mama Jenny, my great grandmother who apparently is the meanest woman on the planet. Hands down. This is not a debate. And the fucked up thing is my entire family tells me I look just like her. And so bad. In fact, that when my mom and her brothers and sisters when my mom Popa would take her to Mama Jenny's house, that's my grandfather's mom. She was short and she was mean. They disliked her so much that if they knew they had to be with Mama Jenny, they would cry uh-huh. on the trip over there. <laughs> right? My mom, when we got to Texas, did not look like other black moms. Every other black mom looked like Florida Evans. They were dark skinned. They all had afros. My mom only got darker as I got older and my mother's hair was fine. I don't know what they call it now, but back then it was called good hair, right? The combs, the beauty products she used looked nothing like my black friend's mom. I was confused. I still remember asking my parents many a times, is mom white? 
<laughs> she looked nothing like the other moms. And my female relatives looked nothing like the other black kids, moms, or aunts, uncles, sisters. Turns out, Native American. Yeah, <laughs> had no fucking clue. I am Choctaw and I am Comanche. The only thing I know about my family bloodline, <clears throat> the Choctaw were noble savages. We would fuck you up. But here's the thing. It, it, let me see. If we conquered your shit, we were noble because you were still a human. So if I fucked your shit up and we took the surviving members and if I had a kid, am I saying that right? So if they, so if I'm Choctaw and if I conquered your land, I married the, one of the conquerors uh, women, our kid was not a slave. Ah, that's where I'm fucking this up. Okay, so Choctaw, I told you, I'm, I'm just now learning this stuff. If I'm Choctaw and if we conquered your shit, the surviving members would be our slaves. Slaves were still human. They were not property under Choctaw law. Now, if I fell for someone who was not Choctaw that we conquered, and if we had a kid, that kid was full Choctaw. No matter what the kid looked like, no matter what the mix was, that's one side of my family. That's my mom's side. My dad's side is fucking Comanche. We would fuck you up because we were bored on a Tuesday. We was like, I don't give a shit. We're burning all this stuff down. So that, that's, I'm just learning all this stuff about myself. Now, again, it's not going to make me re-enroll in college and get a scholarship because I'm native. It's just cool to know. As far as I'm concerned, I'm still black. But the person I'm talking to, she knows way more than I do. <laughs> and here's the thing. I'm going back to the fucking uh, Bayou Classic. And I was just cracking a joke with the emotional support system that if I took this one, People would say, what the fuck did you bring that dark-ass Yankee down here for? <laughs> it, this person is light-skinned with good hair. <laughs> and, green and, and green eyes. <laughs> so once upon a time, if she was around when I was a kid, we just would have called her high yellow, completely ignorant of the fact that I'm talking to a Native American. So, Native American... <laughs> Tell me about your Native Americanness. <laughs> Hi. So, um, as stated, my my father's family is from Oklahoma and Kansas. Um, my dad's maternal side, um, they're Cherokee registered. Uh, if my dad didn't have me with my mom, I would have had my clan because they're maternal. Uh, my my uh, father's mother is a Cherokee nation was a Cherokee nation citizen. Rest in peace, Grandma. That's she has her name's Margaret. That's where I get my name from. Her mother, her mother, her mother. Going back. So my surname, um, my connection to the Cherokee Nation is the Knaves. Um, I'm also related to the Curls, Martins, and Hubbards, um, which are all uh, citizens of the Cherokee Nation. Um, myself and my children are as well. Um, my father's paternal side is Lakota and Penescott. Um, Pinesca, which is really, really strange. One side of his paternal side is from the eastern, so Maine is where Pinesca Nation is. And then Lakota or Plains Tribe. So Plains here. where? Plains, uh, Wyoming, 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 North Dakota, South Dakota, like that. So um, I've always known growing up that my dad was Native American. When I was young, um, I, I was born in 91. So... <laughs> 
so I believe this was in like 95 or 96. Um, we like, we still have our homestead, one of our homesteads, which is on lightning Creek in Oklahoma. Um, and my dad was getting money from the government because they were drilling oil on our family's land. Um, so I can go on the BLM website, which is uh, Bureau of Land Management, um, and we still have our land or like our ownership wow. of our land. Um, and for our Dawes Commission, like our testimony, um, like my family members' testimonies when they were uh, on the Trail of Tears, and when the yep, I have all of that. Wow. Um, their Dawes enrollment cards, their Gwyn Miller uh, uh, testimonies, and and whatnot. Um, we've always been on this land when they moved us from out east wow. to out west. Well, I'm gonna tell you what. Hold on, <laughs> okay, gang. I'm learning some shit here. This is this is something else. But again, I got this motherfucking Tesla. So thanks to the world's greatest DJ. I'm looking at the clock, and I'm pressing up on the 29-minute mark. You know the drill. Say it with me. The weasel is about to be drained. I'm about to freshen up this delicious motherfucking Hendrix. Then I'll be back for part two of Gin and Truth. Let's go. Gin and Truth, yeah. I'm black. All right, gang. So we got the 30-year-old here, and I'm learning more in the last 30 minutes than fucking I've known since forever. So I'm going to hand the mic off again. She left us off telling us about her bloodline, and then I'm going to ask her some questions off of that. So keep going. Hello. I am back. You're black. I am also black. All right. Here we go. Keep going. <laughs> um, so... Um, I've always known that we were uh, Native. My dad's always let us know. Um, I happened to be where I was in Jacksonville because my parents were in the military. Um, but my dad's family are all, uh, they're all out there. Majority of them are still all out there. Some are out in Oakland, but they're majority all in Oklahoma, Nevada, Bolin, Green, Bolin Springs, which that's another bloodline I'm connect connected to, the Bolins, which... Bowling Springs. <laughs> and they also have really good fried chicken down there that they've had. I believe they've had that fried chicken shack for. We can already beat you. My mom used to make the best fried chicken on the planet. Your people don't have shit. Keep going. That is, that is subjective. <laughs> don't listen to what she's saying. Hashtag Uncle Bobby's right. <laughs> You're not going to win this. One, Anyone out in Bowling Springs, you already know. You already know what I'm talking about. Bolins, don't worry about it. Anyways, so um, we're out there. Um, so I started to do the research on my own uh, to find out more, which, I, you know, my dad told me the basis, but to find out more because I didn't grow up around my family out there. So when my mom was doing her own research for her own, you know, genealogy and whatnot, I just started plugging in my name, my dad's name, mom's name. As soon as I put in his parents' name, boom, here it goes. My grandmother, my paternal grandmother, and all of her family comes up, their Dawes cards, their enrollment cards, their Gunya Miller testimonies, um, 
just all pictures, all these things. I have family members who are in at this later time, they weren't called residential schools. They were called Indian day schools. Um, but family members that were in Indian day schools, um, in Oklahoma. And, um, just, it, it was, it was crazy. I started connecting with so many cousins that grew up knowing all of this. And, um, and, um, I started connecting with people and they started letting me know more, sharing more pictures with me, giving me more documents. And they're the ones who helped for us to get our, um, citizenship to the Cherokee nation. Cause all my cousins were already citizens. Right. And like I said, I didn't grow up there. Um, and, uh, they, they, all I needed was my dad's birth certificate and my grandma's death certificate. And that's it. Everyone else was already registered. So stupid question. What percentage are you? This I actually want to know. Do you know? Um, I don't have an ECIB card, which is a, a Indian blood card. I mean, I right. could get one, but I, I have my citizen, like my Cherokee nation citizenship card, but um, just looking at my, my father's side, his maternal side, I would say probably about, I would say maybe 35%. Um, they were, uh, his mother's side, they were by blood. So, um, you can see on their enrollment cards, it'll say Freedman or it'll say IW as intermarried white, or, um, it'll have by blood and then they'll have their blood percentages on there. Thir- uh, one thirteenth. Um, one or not one thirteen, excuse me, one fourth, one sixteenth, right. like that. Um, we have three bands: the Cherokee Nation, the West. Um, you don't have to have. A, there is no blood quantum for that one. Um, so you could be one one hundred thirty-two percent. You know. Um, now our Eastern band, you have to be at minimum uh one sixteenth. Um, and I believe their enrollment is closed unless you're a child of a direct descendant and you fit within the one sixteenth wow. mark. And then our uh, Katua band, um, they are, you have to be, at, the cutoff is one fourth. Um, and uh, yeah, so I would say based upon my father's mother and her mother and her mother going back, which is where all my connections yeah. come from, um, his mother my grandma Margaret on her card was, I think she was, it was three fourths. So, cause her father is her mother and her father are both uh, Cherokee nation citizens. Her father is from the Hubbard's Hubbard line. Yeah. And then her mother's from the Nave line. So the natives, the, the ones that are, I don't know if this is the term like full blood, whatever <laughs> are they looking to kind of bring others in um, it, it kind of because it's the world's worst and i'm not going to use it but it's like well it's, it's these are the cats that when you look at them so on the way here i was listening to some videos and they were talking about it was um like uh the atlanta braves the kansas city chiefs and people are still kind of, oh, she just belched. Hashtag unprofessional. <laughs> so it was, um, yeah, <laughs> how about this, gang? <laughs> the first time ever I hashtagged someone else's belch. But it was, I didn't even, I didn't even know the term, red face, yeah. until I was driving here. And it's their equivalent, or I guess my equivalent, of blackface. Blackface. And they were like, you know, you got these white guys, you know, dressed up as natives, doing the tomahawk chalk. 
at Chop, and they had this native guy. I can't remember his name, but he was a high ranking. And it was like, yo, this is all kinds of fucked up. It's like, well, I'm not changing. I've always loved Chief Wahoo. It was like, dude, you're literally spitting in my face. It's like, I will never change. So I'm wondering, someone like that, again, this high-ranking member of whatever nation, is like, this is all kinds of fucked up. Does that cat want additions? Do they want you in there? Do they want me in there? Do they want emotional support system in there? People look at me and they'll say black. No one's going to look at me and say Choctaw. Are they looking for what's that? <laughs> I said I'm pretty racially ambiguous, so I don't. I don't well, yeah, deal. You're a monkey. Yeah, they would say, <laughs> if I took you to the Bayou Classic again, you're gonna. No one's gonna blink twice. I'm, I'm the fucking outsider, and I'm from there. <laughs> All right. So, so, are they looking to bring other people in that maybe necessarily haven't paid the exact same price? So that that brings up a good conversation of reconnection. Right. So depending on, first of all, um, blood quantum is a colonial mindset. I'm going to say that outright. Blood quantum is a colonial mindset and used as a tool of native erasure. Hashtag. I just learned something (laughs) Um, because the only people who are defined by how much blood they have are natives, dogs and horses. So, um, Okay, <laughs> real fast. So uh, we had this conversation. And so I was talking in the emotional support system, and it was like there are a handful of us that are actual Black History Month questions at the University of Texas. Like, I'm one. I, not only am I the first Longhorn chosen for the CFA All-American team, I'm the first Black guy chosen. And I did not realize it that – Bubba, get your fat ass down. He's at the top of This the- mother, okay, I, I got to get the bubs down. But there were two uh, young ladies that were from an area high school right next to where I went to high school. Now, if you're my age, when you saw someone who was half black, half white, you called them a mixed breed. Now, I never said that because I knew them growing up, so I just called them by their names. <laughs> One of my teammates, several of my teammates, because these were very good-looking young ladies, would step to them, and they would say something fucked up, <laughs> like, yo, I've always wanted to, you know, kick it to a mixed-breed girl. And I'll never forget one of them, and she got pissed, and she chewed him out. It's like, mixed-breed is for a fucking dog. Right, I'm a biracial descent gang. No one ever stepped to them ever the fuck again. But again, I'm talking to someone young enough to be my fucking kid, and here I am learning more shit. Right? Yeah. So, so how much blood? And here my monkey ass is Native American. I don't even know this shit. But yeah. So what is it? Horses, dogs, dogs the natives. Shut the fuck up. All right. So keep going. <laughs> I just learned some shit. So, um. The, the biggest thing is reconnection. So if you are a descendant of a tribe that has a blood quantum, uh, sadly, you know, sometimes you may not be able to be a card-carrying, quote-unquote, member of said nation. But reconnection and being a citizen of a nation is more than blood quantum. Being a part of a nation is, let's say you may not be able to be a... Um, you know, because uh, your blood isn't, it, you're at a cutoff or you're past the cutoff. Um, what are you doing to reconnect to that heritage? Are you trying to learn your language? Are you trying to go? And if there, if you, if your people does have, do have a reservation, are you going? Are you trying to um, learn 
your beliefs and your cultures? Are you decolonizing your mind? What are you trying to do for your reservation? Um, like, let's say, um, uh, the, the Rosebud Sioux reservation. Um, let's say you're from there. Let, let's say you're a descendant of that, but you pass the cutoff. Are you going there and helping and doing anything for the youth? Are you doing it? I mean, like uh, native native youths are one of the highest, the highest uh, with the suicide rate uh, in America. Uh, native American youth in general are one of the highest with suicide rate, um, with high diabetes rate, with high alcoholism rate. Um, what are you doing to try to help your people? Because uh, quick right hand turn. Why the suicide for native teens? Because. Um, it goes kind of as well with the drug use and alcoholism um, without throughout their nations. A lot of the time, parents or um, you know guardians may be um, fighting demons of their own that have to do with alcoholism or drugs. Turn off, left alone. Um, the there's really no jobs on reservations, and they put reservations in places that are hard to get to to get a job. So the poverty rate is very high. Um, also, the stores surrounding reservations hike up the prices of. I'm talking about just Pepsi, a, a 12 pack of Pepsi. You could go to the store here and get it for five, six bucks. Go out there, be twenty one dollars. Shut the fuck. I'm not lying. I'm not lying. If you have time, go and look at the prices of food at stores surrounding of reservations. You say that again, it's just here recently. I'm just doing the most meager research, but uh, casinos. Mm -hmm. And I learned that that was supposed to, that was money that was supposed to go back to the natives that were sitting on that dirt that got ganked up by white people. Only I found out that that answer is actually no, that that's kind of like lip service that, Whoever's putting the dirt up or the money up for that reservation, they're recouping that money and making fucked up ass profits while giving the natives that they gave the land from like a dollar fifty here. Shut the fuck up. Be glad we didn't slaughter you. So it just it really just seemed like they're doing everything they can to erase everything that was once here. Oh, and you know what I'm sitting here. I'm thinking about because we just passed Columbus Day. Okay, so you got to get like, <laughs> Uncle Bobby's horrible at all this. What you can't see is that she just rolled her eyes. <laughs> now, her, her kids are going to see a different history lesson. Me, emotional support system, we're old enough to remember Columbus Day was this. It was like uh, I told you on other episodes. It, it's like when the pilgrims landed, right? They just sat down and had a nice, vibrant lunch. The, the, I told you, I told you, the, the the motherfucking pilgrims were yesteryear's Westboro Baptist. Yeah. Again, they, again, they they didn't leave looking for religious freedom. They got their monkey asses kicked out. And when they landed on native soil, they raped, they murdered, and who they couldn't rape and murder, they eliminated through chemical warfare by bringing diseases that the natives did not have immunity for. Now, if you're my age, if you're Gen X, Columbus Day is the day that apparently America was discovered. Now, again, gang, I own more than one home. If your monkey ass walks into my house while I'm sitting there fucking watching TV, petting my dogs, having a motherfucking hindrance, and you walk into my house... 
after, I've been there for 20 years. You say, oh, this is nice. Looks like I discovered it. I'm going to stab your monkey ass in the left eyeball. That is exactly what Christopher Columbus did. But yet we praise this man for discovering something that the natives were already here for. Now, here I am talking to someone half my age that knows infinitely more about native heritage. So I'm going to ask her, what do you feel? Again, I love the memes where it's a, a Native American woman with her finger up saying, fuck Columbus Day. So you are way more connected to your native blood than I am. How do you feel about Columbus Day? The only Columbus we recognize around here is Wallace, okay? Shut the fuck up! (laughs) (laughs) So, let me start by saying Columbus didn't discover shit, okay? And he, okay, people say that he discovered America. She's serious, she she just moved the mic. (laughs) People say he discovered America. Columbus did not step foot in North America. What he discovered was the West Indies. And, and, And a lot of the time that as, and as a Native woman, um, and as a multiracial woman, the th- uh, the erasure that we put into um, a, a native identity, we erase Tainos and Arawaks, the people of the West Indies, of Puerto Rico, of Cuba, of DR, of Jamaica. Um, those are the people who who were who took the onslaught of Columbus. Yes, did his did his actions bring on the Atlantic slave trade and um, the the genocide that happened to the Native Americans in North America, yes. But we can also speak around what Canada has done to the Native people. That that wasn't Columbus. What what our presidents have done to the Native Americans in, in North in Turtle Island in North America, that wasn't Columbus. But when we want to talk about Columbus, we need to be not just as a Native American, but just as people in general, we need to learn more about the Taino people and the Arawaks and the Carib. And those are the those are the native peoples of the lands that he was raping, killing. Uh, you know, if they would go out and go to look for gold, if they didn't come back enough, he would cut their limbs off and make them wear them around their necks. Also, fun facts: um, he Columbus, and this is a hundred percent true, had sex with manatees, and he had sex with manatees because he thought they were ugly mermaids because they had knees. Now, knees, like the things that bend your leg. Yes. He also has sex with llamas. And that's how he spread around chlamydia. These are facts. Also, Columbus was later arrested by the Spanish government for, his, for what he did to the Tainos and the Arawak and the Carib. So fuck him. He is a genocidal, pedophile, murdering rapist. And he paved the way for a lot of other lighter skin European descendant folks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, gang, I just looked it up and it's on the internet, so it has to be true. She's not lying. <laughs> oh, my God. And so it, it is kind of brings me, gang, this is obviously going to be a three fucking Kalim. Oh. Gang, he put this in his fucking travel journals. This fuck, he didn't have sex with. So again, if you want to know the Uncle Bobby definition of rape, it's any forced level of intercourse with someone or something that does not or cannot give consent. This is what I do for a fucking living. 
And this is why when you assholes who want to sit here and try and convert me to veganism and you sit here and you literally post videos of people raping goats, first and foremost, please, from the bottom of my one-sided ball sack, please go fuck yourself. Who searches for that bullshit? That is not sex. That is rape. But yes, apparently, uh, hold on. Uh, and apparently it's more than just llamas and fucking manatees. So again, my, my point is, I think, because now I'm all kinds of pissed off, and it's definitely going to be a three-part episode, so you guys hang in there with us. So when you get the conversation piece, when it's like, when I say we need to get Robert E. Lee off of buildings, off of schools, where we need to get Jefferson Davis Square removed off of New Orleans. And you ask these fucked up ass questions where, where, where does it stop? Well, what about George Washington? What about him? He was a fucking slave Thank you. And I don't give a shit where it ends, but I can tell you where it starts and it's right here. You cannot tell me after what it is you just heard that we should still be honoring somebody who fucked a manatee. If you did that today, we'd put your monkey ass in jail. So again, I, I don't care. And it just sounds like either one, you're afraid of history, or two, you're afraid of putting forth some fucking effort. Yes, we should go back with a fine-tooth comb. And I don't care. George Washington High School, take the fucking name off. And I know, I know, I know that right now there's some asshole, some set of slap nuts who gives the standard fucking rebuttal. Well, what about Martin Luther King? He cheated on his wife. Let me tell you something, fuckface. If you put raping manatees and llamas, if you put fucking slave owners on the same plane as someone who cheats on his wife, please unsubscribe to my channel. Immediately. <laughs> it's standard issue. You, you just heard it from the 30-year-old. <laughs> You cannot put those things in the same vein. Yeah, so I'm just like, if you want to sit here and if you want to have a legitimate conversation about history, I strongly suggest that, that we start with actual history. Now, again, if you now, now I'm talking to the 30 year old, mm -hmm. clearly she has a nickname now. <laughs> so if you decide to move down here, yes. selfishly, I hope that answer is yes, it'll make your mama happy. <laughs> But you got daughters. I do. You should get the fuck out. <laughs> so just so you know, Texas, under Republican leadership, not even Republican, under Trumpican leadership, <laughs> we have eliminated actual history. Oh, I'm not surprised. You cannot teach that the Ku Klux Klan was bad. You cannot teach the accomplishments of Native Americans, women, they have eliminated Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech from standard curriculum. And I think now we have targeted uh, teaching that the Holocaust was bad. So that's neo-Nazism. So, no, exactly. like, that so is straight up neo-Nazism. How, how do we take the next step? How, how, again, you, you've got babies. I'll tell you how my mama did it. Where's Papa? That motherfucker. All right, so <laughs> we... My mother was so adamant. She was so enthusiastic about her kids having actual history that she did not wait for February because this is what they're going to teach you. She would tell us we were slaves. Uh -huh. It was a little bit inconvenient. Uh -huh. Then some guy Martin came along and now everything's fine. <laughs> right. When they don't want to talk about 
slavery and then Jim Crow and then redlining and then. But that's all been made better <laughs> because some guy named Martin fought for everybody. That's what they taught us in school. You, you got babies. And if you move to Texas, not only will your babies be subject to the most heinous anti-female laws, they're going to learn that Texas and America has done nothing wrong ever. You cannot teach. Your, your babies will not learn about the, the actual atrocities of slavery. Your babies will not learn the actual atrocities of the Holocaust. Your babies will be forced to learn that Thanksgiving was a nice, vibrant lunch. How are you going to combat that as a mother? She's serious, gang. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Just so you guys know, as we sit here and get hard and heavy, <laughs> this one, the third, so you, again, you guys can't see it. I, I'm passing the mic back and forth so you guys can hear it. Every time she gets serious, she double pumps the mic with two hands. You guys are getting ready to get a history lesson. So, my my dad's name is Kenneth Lindsay. Okay, I grew up in school learning that um, Thanksgiving was a was a nice feast. Mm-hmm. You know, I partake in making my little hand turkey, handprint turkey, and stuff like that. Right. Um, my father took it upon himself to teach us. Um, I believe at eight was the first time I finished from cover to cover Malcolm X's autobiography. Um, He made me read about, God, I can't remember the name of the book, but it has a picture of the diagram of the slave slave boat and how the slaves were stacked on top of it. Mom, what was that? Um, About the slave trade. Um, I I read a lot of books uh, by like Langston Hughes and other uh, Harlem Renaissance um, poets. So um, my dad took it upon himself to teach us the truth. Um, so that's the same thing I'll be doing with my children. I also have to teach my children because not only are they, they're multiracial. My daughters are pretty racially ambiguous looking. Um, so I have to teach them the in and outs of the advantages that they have as being lighter skinned women um, so colorism and, and how to navigate through that. Um, I also have to teach them about how to protect themselves because one thing we will talk about in the next part is uh, murdered, murdered and missing indigenous women. Mm-hmm. I, I have to look out for my daughters. And I have to teach them how to protect themselves. I'm a gun owner. They will know how to shoot. Um, I have to teach them how to speak up for themselves uh, when it comes to medical things and everything. So I'm going to take it to myself to teach my children. They're not going to, they're not going to learn it in school. And if we do move here and it will make my mother happy and, and that would be great. And the houses are the same prices in Ohio, but much bigger. So um, I would take it upon myself, just like my father did me. I, I love doing research and I want to teach my kids. My kids are learning their native tongue. My kids are learning their native traditions. Um, I mean, next year, hopefully when I'm vaccinated and and stuff like that, um, we'll be going to the different uh, holidays that we have in the Cherokee Nation. And so they can reconnection is what I was saying is very important. Um, And I will be teaching them. I'll be teaching them. I'll be getting books um, for them to read, um, to learn about, you know, what actually happened with slavery, what actually happened with Jim Crow, to learn about that the last residential schools were closed in the 90s in America. Um, 
and to learn about um, the uh, how the American government um, was practicing sterilization on the Puerto Rican women. Um, yes, <laughs> in the 1940s, um, practicing eugenics because they were a lower race of human um, or how they would force sterilization on native women after they gave birth to babies in the hospital or how they want to really implement blood quantum in native tribes because once there's no more blood level at the quantum level, then they don't have to uh, live by the treaties, the ones that they didn't break. Um, so, <laughs> so there is a, there's a lot that I'll be teaching my daughters on how to be strong thinkers and how to move forward because, um, we, as women, as native women, we are water protectors and, um, and I want my daughters to be strong and be able to be land defenders to fight against pipelines and to fight against, um, you know, drilling on native lands or, or just having land acknowledgement. That's what needs to be happening because what about all the native tribes that are people are still here? We're still here. And the native peoples of Texas are still here and there needs to be land acknowledgement. How can you say that you can't teach about the accomplishments of native Americans when you're living on their land and they're still here, no matter how much you try to say that we're no longer here, we're here. And the tribes in Texas need the acknowledgement that they deserve. And you need to start treating this land that it is the sacred land that it is. And that's what I have to say about that. <laughs> All right, gang. Holy shit. Okay. So Uncle Bobby, this is another gin and truth uh, first. Uh, I'm learning a lot. Uh, that's, that's why I'm not over here talking. I'm literally sitting here with my jaw on the ground. This is going to be a three-parter. So I'm going to tell you guys what. Thanks to the world's a great. Oh, here we go. Here we go. We got dogs. Hold on. Wait. Just, just, just wait. Just wait. I'm still learning. Just, just hang in there. I told y'all first takes only. All right, gang. Thanks. To the world's greatest DJ. I'm looking at the clock and I'm pressing up on the 29 minute mark again. You know, the drill, say it with me. The weasel is about to be drained. I'm about to freshen up this delicious motherfucking Hendrix. And I'll be back for part three of Gin and Truth. Let's go. Gin and Truth. one of the worst fucking sport weekends ever. Not only did my fucking Texas Longhorns give it up like a fucking prom date, I'm sitting here and I'm watching my Houston Astros. I was raised in the goddamn Astrodome, one of the eight wonders of the world. And I am watching Boston beat the fuck out of us. Like, this is a high school scrimmage. There was a grand salami in the fucking first inning. It is currently nine to nothing. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm not drunk now, but Uncle Bobby's going to have to get fucked up because LSU comes on later. And with my luck, my fucking Tigers are going to lose. 
So this is just a bad day. I shouldn't have woken up. I really shouldn't have. But we're going to get back on dubbing. So I'm sitting and I'm talking to the 30-year-old. And I, I'm learning all this shit. And we were talking about her kids possibly being raised in Texas. Now, again, I've been here for a long-ass time. She just got here. And I'm telling her that Greg Abbott hates women. He hates blacks. He hates he hates everyone not named Greg Abbott. It is basically how this works. Because he likes fucking blacks. Exactly. I mean, it, it, isn't that how it always works out? Right? Again, for those of you who don't know, and I've got this written down, I'm actually going to do a show on this. The, the new asshole running for governor, Huffines, this fucker, to, to out-Republican Greg Abbott, said apparently, basically, Greg Abbott is too soft on the LGBTQ community, which he's not. Right? It's like saying which slave master was the harshest or more gentle on their slaves, right? And so to Trump, what what a fitting term. In order to Trump this Huffines guy, fucking Abbott takes the suicide prevention hotline off of the LGBTQ plus website, the most marginalized group there is. These kids kill themselves at an astronomical rate, right? So I'm going to do a whole other fucking show on that, but I'm asking the 30-year-old how she's going to raise her kids potentially in Texas. Now, where we left off, again, I was saying, my, my mom made sure I knew actual history. And the one, I don't even know if it's still up, but again, my school years were spent in Texas. At, uh, what was it? So the Institute of Texan Cultures, I think. It was a museum. Gang, I don't think I was in the third or the fourth grade. And it was a field trip. And I'll never forget it. They didn't tell us what was happening. They took like all four or five uh, uh, classes of third or fourth graders. And they stuffed us in this one room. When I say stuff, it was elbow to elbow. It was chest to back, back to chest. It, you could not turn around. Then they turned off the lights. Then they gave you, it, it, let's say, a hundred bulb, hundred watt bulb. They gave you two watts, and you could just barely see. Then they pumped in sounds of the seat. What they were trying, and then then we heard a lecture. This is how the slaves came to what we now know as America. They were packed in like sardines. Half your cargo, because that's what it was, cargo, they didn't make it. You died en route. You know what you don't know? You know what wasn't taught, but my mother taught us? There was insurance. On the slaves, like you take out insurance on a car. So let's say you bring over 100 slaves. You've got insurance on probably 60 of them because you're only going to bring back 40 alive. How many of them are going to jump overboard and kill themselves? How many of them are going to die of diseases? Because <clears throat> you got to understand, there weren't any toilets. There were no porta potties. There were no baby wipes. So if you were the slave on top, you took a shit and a piss and it fell down on the person 
cargo underneath you. How long do you think you can endure that treatment before you die? That's actual history. And that's something that we're not teaching. That's something that Greg Abbott has taken out. How ironical, gang. These are the fucks who sit here and continue to tell us you can't change history. Turns out, apparently you can't. Because now history is, or has gone back to, everything that is white is right. Everything else we're going to erase. Right? So, I mean, this is the bullshit that I'm talking about. Now, I'm about to turn it back over to the 30-year-old. Because I learned, I'm just going to take a swig of this Hendrix because I'm gravelly. The native lands apparently were matriarchal. Which means women ran that shit. And I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, what position would we be in if we had a matriarchal society now? We, we seriously just ran Texas back into the 1800s. This is right next to go make me a sandwich. Women can't hold credit, barefoot and pregnant bullshit. And so I'm asking the 30-year-old, where does she think we would be if this was still a matriarchal society, would we still be having this discussion? Can women in Texas or in the United States in general still have to fight on what they can do with their own bag of meat if quite possibly things were different, if the natives were still running this joint? So, um, what do I think of women if women were still running things? So, I think it would be great in concept, but I feel like if it was the ideal of native women running it or um, not, I mean, first of all, I want to say. Oh, she's serious, Katie. She grabbed the mic. (laughs) When people speak about indigenous peoples, they think of Native Americans or First Nations. Um, And I also want to say that African-Americans are descendants of indigenous peoples of Africa. They are just displaced um, they are in the diaspora. But um, if you look at the um, the definition of indigenous peoples, and uh, I believe it's what the like the the League of Nations or whatever it's called, um, the, what they consider indigenous peoples, the African Americans that are descendant of slavery um, of stolen peoples of Africa are descendants of indigenous people. So they are as well indigenous, not to this land potentially, but they are indigenous peoples. So if it was run by indigenous peoples, I think it would be great. Of course, there's always tribal warfare. So people always say, oh, the indigenous peoples did this and that to each other. That's proximity. I mean, just like black on black crime is just crime. It's just proximity crime. So, um, so I think it would be great, but women in general, there needs to be um, an understanding that feminism is completely different when you're talking about white feminism and feminism, uh, minority women or, or a BIPOC feminism because white feminism could look like, um, the woman who came up with Planned Parenthood, Margaret, yes, which was a, a big supporter of the eugenics movement. Um, and, you know, she wanted sterilization of, of you know, inferior races, which were non-white women. So the that's the topic of discussion when you're talking about women leading things. Is it a mindset of a 
non-ally European woman? Or is it the mindset? That's what I'm talking. Yes. Okay. Shut your fat ass up. Or are you talking about, you know. In general? In general. Um, well, it's kind of like. Oh, okay, gang. Uh, we just hit a three-run dinger, so we're only down by six runs. Yay. But it, it's kind of like <clears throat> the whole we can't have let gay people get married. They're going to ruin the institution of marriage. Shut the fuck up. So did everyone. All- well, I mean, <laughs> heterosexuals have been ruining marriage since there was fucking marriage, right? If you want to stop fucking up marriage, stop getting divorces, or do whatever you got to do to make your marriage work, right? Where the fuck was I going? Where were we? We were talking about... um, uh, Women, women, women. And so it's like, (laughs) you know, it's like, you, you. I'm sure you're old enough to hear the whole, you know, what is it? The whole, my brain is complete. Gang, Uncle Bobby's tired. It was a hard night of sleep last night. That, um, that women aren't born to lead and all this other bullshit. And, you know, well, oh, if, if like Hillary Clinton, who's past that age, Papa, if you don't shut your fat ass up, you know, she can just get her period and just start a war. And I'm like, where the fuck do you get that? <laughs> and just men have started every war there is. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, you just get a hard on, nuke somebody. So, I mean, it's like, <laughs> isn't it time to. No decisions in the morning. So, I guess my point is like, we, we've already tried one way. Sorry, I started this war. It was more important. <laughs> <laughs> I jerked one real fast, right? And then you fucked my partner. And, hold on. This is so bad. Are you, is it only Gen X that uses the phrase ninja fuck? It would be just you. Okay, maybe it's, <laughs> maybe it's Southern. <laughs> they use specifically. <laughs> so, real fast, because this is going to go in a horrible ass. So, ninja fuck is when you go in low and under the covers. It's first thing in the morning. <laughs> you're up there's this hard thing in between the two of you you just gotta roll over <laughs> so maybe that's just a southern regional thing <laughs> alright <laughs> so we're gonna reel this one back in <laughs> so my point is <laughs> That's a whole another episode. <laughs> I was trying to say that maybe <laughs> go back to female leadership. Because, again, y- y- y'all have completely lost the-, y- y- the ability, at least here in Texas and in Florida, to, to make a call on what's going to go on with your own meat. I mean, there's some white dude with gray hair who sat in a fucking wheelchair and made the call. So again, if you come down here and if your daughters are raised down here, some white dude just took control of y'all's reproductive system. Well, I'm going to say about the politicians in this country in general, 
Um, you know, when we look at those black and white photos of like integrate, like schools being integrated and stuff like that, and like people being like angry on these, those people are still alive. Those are people's grandparents and great grandparents. They're my parents. Right. And uh, parents uh, and the lawmakers that were around then are still, some of them are still lawmakers now. So let's put that into perspective. Um, so what do I feel about that? I feel like. What my child or children need when it comes to a time of if they needed something that they don't have access to, I will take them to have access to it. What I do with my body, regardless of where I am, I have autonomy over my body. Now, whether you say I can do it here or there or wherever, if I can get an abortion on a plane, I can get an abortion on a train. Okay. <laughs> I can get an abortion all just the same. Okay. I'll do whatever, whatever. And and I'm not I'm not personally um I don't personally agree with my own body getting an abortion unless it was uh, something for my health. I was sexually assaulted or something like that. Um, because if I'm having sex with someone, I'm knowingly knowing what I'm doing. So, you know, that's my decision. But what I do and what I want and with my body has nothing to do with what is right or what someone else wants with someone else's body. If you, uh, there's too many kids in the foster care system and uh, that are orphans and stuff that don't have people to adopt them there there's plenty of people that shouldn't have kids but have them because they didn't have an option and these kids are in homes without love these kids are being brought up um not living the life that they deserve and quite honestly if you're dead you wouldn't have known so (laughs) um i mean there's some people that that unfortunately get a shitty hand in life and it's because of their parents that didn't want them, but were be forced in a situation to have them. I dig all of that. And as the dude with the penis in this conversation, because what I see when the topic of abortion comes up, people normally take the right hand turn. Like the kid's going to have a shitty life, whatever the fuck. And as my point of view, it's, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter whether that lady is worth $20 million dollars or she's $20 million in debt. They, it, it does not matter. Because the way I see it, one, I've got a dick. I don't want you to tell me whether I can get a vasectomy or not. And I'm not going to tell you whether you can get an abortion or not. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And my other argument against the pro-lifers, I call pro-force birth, yes. is we give special rights to fetuses. And that when you were pregnant, your daughter was 1,000% dependent on your meat. Yes. Right? Yes. If you would have taken her out at six weeks, she wouldn't have made it. Yes. Now, let's say 12 weeks. Because with Greg Abbott, six weeks. No. Greg cannot. Abbott, go fuck yourself. You cannot. You cannot. You don't know. You don't know if you're, as the dude, you don't. I've heard all the stories. Stress, dietary changes. Two weeks late for a period you don't know if you're no no women are ringing uh, alarm bells from what I understand. But my thing is, let's bump it to twelve weeks. Fine, fine. Now let's bump it to twelve years. At twelve years old, and I've asked people this, and I don't get an answer because I think they know where I'm going with it. At twelve weeks, that kid is one hundred percent dependent on your meat. Okay, at twelve years. That kid is out. I would hope <laughs> you're not having an elephant. <laughs> Let's say that kid has a rare liver disease. 
The only way that kid is going to live to see tomorrow is to get a piece of your liver. You're the only match. I'm not asking morally, what would you do? I'm asking legally, does that 12-year-old own rights to your liver? No. That kid does not have rights to your liver. Right. Okay. Then in my eyes, we are making special exceptions for 12-year-olds that we aren't making for 12-week-olds, right? Yeah. They are not entitled to your meat. Yeah. That is why me, Greg Abbott, and everyone else needs to step the fuck out of this yeah. question because it is your meat, yeah. right? So if we're not going to make the rule for the 12-year-old, why are we making it for the 12-week-old? Right. It's not my call. It's not my decision. And so, again, I... Again, selfishly, because I know it'll make your mama smile, I hope you show up. <laughs> but as the person who's sitting here watching Texas go to the shitter, I hope you stay the fuck out until we make the appropriate changes. Because Texas hates everyone who is not a Christian white man. And it's just... Yeah. Fuck, cisgendered. <laughs> Put that in there. Gang, I, okay, I... I could talk to this little one for about the next 12 hours. What she doesn't know is that she has already committed to the next 12 episodes of Gin and Motherfucking Truth. <laughs> but gang, we're going to close this one out. And Uncle Bobby has given you a handful of problems. So Uncle Bobby, I think, is going to try and give you a handful of motherfucking solutions. First in all of them, just shut the fuck up. If you are not a woman, and if you are not pregnant, you need to not make the fucking call on what a woman can do with her sack of meat. You were not there when she got pregnant. You were not there when she carried the pregnancy. She's not. You're not there when she has to take care of that fucking kid. It's got nothing to do with you. Also, you're not going to sit here and teach actual history you also need to shut the fuck up. I mean, on the strength. Again, I just learned more in the next last 90 minutes from a 30-year-old than I did in 18 years in public school education. Again, you fucks are phenomenal at sitting there and telling everyone else how you can't change history. And then your monkey ass goes and changes history. How are we supposed to move forward when you know nothing about our past? It took me almost 50 years to learn that Christopher Columbus fucked zoo animals. Don't you think that's something that a kid should know? And while we're sitting here saying, well, he's a great person and he discovered America. No, fuckface, He raped zoo animals. Kids need to know that. And I already told y'all, I know someone, two people that pulled their kids out of school because the school gave notice that we are no longer going to teach the fairy tale of the pilgrims having a nice vibrant lunch with Indians. If you don't know where you have been, then you don't know where you are going. Again, I just learned more from someone who is old enough to be my daughter than I ever did in public school down here in the goddamn South. All right, gang, this one's going to be new. Let's try to do a uh, a, a, a tag team sign-off. <laughs> Hold on, where? I'll get your ass down here, 30-year-old. All right, come on, all right, all right. All right. <laughs>
We're going to try and do Let's Go Together. Try to follow my lead. Okay. All right. All right. All right, gang. The big guys held you long enough. We're signing the fuck off. Gin and truth. Let's go. And truth. Let's go.